Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. Uh, I am Sam Fain, joined with uh, co-host Todd Jershel, the tournament master, and we are excited to bring you a fun episode, just the two of us this time around. Todd, how are you? I'm doing uh, great. Uh, had an awesome uh, you know, week of wrestling last week, and uh, now getting prepped uh, to get a whole bunch of cards out of here, uh, hopefully uh, in the near future. <laughs> Right on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but how were things at Arthur Ashe Stadium? Oh, it was uh, it was on fire. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that a little bit, a uh, little bit of AEW fanboying out. So, you know, we'll, we'll give you a full warning on that in case uh, you know, you're not <laughs> into that. But uh, that uh, definitely a lot of fun. It's cool to go back to live wrestling, especially that type of atmosphere was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a week. It feels like it's been longer than a week since the last time. A lot's we happened in the last our, week. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's, you know, it's release season. There's, there's stuff to be mailed. There's stuff to be uploaded to online. There's, uh, booklets to be read cards to be played. It's going to be a lot of fun. People I think are going to be very excited. I have not had, you know, too much of a peek behind the scenes, this go round, you know, I, I know, uh, I knew names before they were announced that sort of stuff, but I've not seen booklets or charts or anything like that. So I'm really looking forward to it as a fan, just being able to, you know, to see everything, uh, with fresh eyes, uh, it'll be really cool. Uh, obviously future shock is, is the one that, uh, I think I might be looking forward to the most in terms of you know, reading a story and, sure. uh, you know, following along, seeing what Mike's done. Um, and we'll get to talk more about that. Hopefully on the next episode, we'll do kind of, you know, a bit of a deep dive on the set and have yeah. Mike with us, which will be really cool. Um, yeah, we will yeah, have Mike I, back with us next week. He's been, uh, busy with some other, uh, you know, he's had a bunch on his plate the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we kind of gave him a, little, a couple of weeks off of the podcast there, but to look yeah. forward to having him back next week. For hey sure. man, life is what happens while you're making other plans. So, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, well, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to having him back uh, on the show, the, the trio reunited <laughs> and go for those trios belts. Uh, last time it was fun to talk about Chikara. Looking forward to doing something like that again in the future. Yeah. But, uh, tonight we're going to be, well, today, tonight, tomorrow, this morning, whenever you're listening to it, uh, we'll be talking about, uh, booking and, you know, just basically how we run our feds, not getting too deep into the nuts and bolts of, you know, of, of our booking strategies, uh, necessarily, but more just sort of an overview of how we like to run our feds and, and yeah. certainly looking at the fact that like, you know, if we're running three or four different feds, how might they differ from the other? Um, we still plan on, you know, in the future doing kind of a bigger panel discussion, really go in uh, deeper with like booking strategies, but we thought that this would be fun uh, for, for uh, this episode. Uh, but before we get to all of that, uh, you know, even though re releases are, are imminent, to be in the mail uh we still have some teasers to discuss and first up of course is the one and only the grappler lynn denton um you know such an interesting figure in uh i, I feel like the, the territorial uh wrestling era because he's a guy that, that that came along and lasted sort of long enough to see the death of the territories and you know get time in the ring even on like you know i think he was on a couple of nitros at one point you know um towards the the waning days of the 90s and 
uh, he spent a lot of time in the Mid-South, obviously a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest and in Portland. Uh, I think that's where really he kind of made his home because he had a sensational run there kind of in the waning days of that territory's existence, uh, seven-time world champion, 12-time tag team champion, and eventually wound up being the booker. Um, and he he helped kind of promote the territory uh, and book the territory working with you know guys like Roddy Piper and Buddy Rose and um, you know, was really quite successful. In fact, I know that there's been a lot of comments made that his booking in particular, in spite of the fact that the territory was kind of on its last legs, just due to, you know, WWF's national expansion, that, that Portland was one of the best book territories in the country, you know, even as late as like, you know, the late eighties. So, um, in, in spite of having, you know, no, real national reach and still being a very much a territory they were able to put on you know great stuff all the way up until the late 80s early 90s and uh and he was a part of that but of course this card is not about him being a booker this is about his in-ring experience uh, and i'm really looking forward to, to having him in color uh i think he's he's a great addition and, and a perfect name for for the set by you todd yeah, no, I mean, when we were kind of putting this together, I mean, definitely a natural, a natural fit there. I uh, you know when we, yeah, we kind of said, all right, we want to do something Pacific Northwest. Obviously the three big names was Buddy Rose, Dutch Savage, and the Grappler. And, you know, getting all three of those guys, you know, all needed a color update, you know, no brainer right there, getting them all in there. Yeah, you know, I, I know maybe you know, we only had the one new name in this set, but I hope people are, are happy with, you know, getting, you know, the color versions of all these other guys. I think, you know, pretty uh, notable names uh, within within the wrestling history, especially, you know, on West Coast side of the side of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, Doug Summers might be the only new name, but uh, having these guys in color, I think is important. And I think that these are names that people have wanted. And uh, frankly, you know, the fact that Buddy Rose and Doug Summers are both coming uh, at the same time is really cool because, you know, there was a time not too long ago where if we would have been getting this set, Doug Summers wouldn't have been available. We, we didn't have him. So right, uh, right. the fact that, you know, we have him now, it's just kind of a perfect, um, perfect match. And of course, there's so much talent that's been released, even in the past like year, year and a half, that fits uh, that theme perfectly as well. You know, names like Roddy Piper and the Dynamite Kid. And, you know what I mean? There's, there's plenty of guys that uh, uh, were very important to that territory yeah. uh, that we already have in the game. And, and this is a great opportunity, I think, to, uh, you know, put some of those teams back together or, or, you know, run some of those angles, some of those feuds. And uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool too, because it's, it's a nice, you know, small set. It's the four pack. It's a perfect opportunity to, you know, get some names out there without having to kind of figure out like, well, you know, where, where do we put this guy or that guy? Because they don't necessarily fit the theme of this 10 card set. You know, this is a perfect opportunity to get these four cards and these three cards in color and a new card. Um, So, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, And and it seems like other people are jazzed for it as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of, we don't necessarily have an announcement uh, uh, to, to make. Well, I guess we do. We can talk about the, the promoter prime cards. Um, but we we obviously announced the last name for the Indies Deathmatch set last week, which is John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, and people are really excited about the Indies Deathmatch set, as am I. You know, I mentioned in the last episode that I'm really looking forward to this. has turned into kind of, uh, in some ways, one of my favorite sets. It's got, it's got a lot of texture to it. Uh, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what these cards are like and what the charts are like. I said last episode, I think I said chart, uh, but as, as Zeke revealed uh, on the boards, it's actually three charts, which is really super cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how those impact the game. Um, but we've got some prime names that we can announce now. Right. 
We do. Yeah. So I know, you know, that this week we're, we're kind of focusing on you know, all the different prime lines. Uh, so Monday we did uh, announce uh, for to com- accompany the future soccer center set. We do have um, the uh, partisans tag team that is, uh, you know, lined with Oracle uh, kind of his uh, lackeys there. Yeah. Uh, so adds a little bit extra flavor to the, you know, to the tag team scene there. Um, you know, and some other different things you could do. I, I'm interested to see maybe getting a six man with them and, you know, seeing if Oracle's at all interested in tagging in, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see if that might let, you know, feed the other guys to lions there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I think yeah, that's an interesting uh, duo there. And, you know, um, it's not mentioned in the teaser there, but, you know, we did mention it before that epitome is getting, a second card uh still not going to mention what that is and and you know i didn't want to show the artwork uh just because that might reveal a little bit of a spoiler around his storyline and we we want people uh to kind of you know get the book and read it for themselves uh you know what you know what his you know what 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 this extra card is and why you would have that uh leave that up uh leave it up for a little while longer yeah, uh, I, I think that's really cool, and, and, and it fits perfectly in with sort of the the Legends Prime uh, announcements because we're not actually going to announce any of those names. But no. they're be surprised, and you know, Grandpa Choco, as you mentioned, you know, kind of challenged the team to say like, "Hey, let's keep mum and you know, and, and see uh, and see how what promoters think when they when they get these cards." And I think it was it, it was a cool idea, uh, and and uh, I you know, having a little bit of mystery is definitely not a bad thing, and and yeah. you know that you, really you know the possibilities at least there. So. Well, so, sure, yeah. right, right. It's not a complete. It, it, you know, it, it, it's not like a complete mystery box here. There's, you know, there's certainly right. some uh, some uh, um, names that are that are out there, and, and you know, people could probably make a guess or two as to the, the potential names that are going to be in there. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I'm looking forward to to you know reading future shock obviously and learning more about these characters and more about epitome uh particular i I am really looking forward to seeing uh what that second card is like um and i love the fact that you know for the partisans we we got uh the artwork for one of them and kind of like the tease of part of the artwork for the other one uh because it you know wasn't actually the full two cards which it looks like these would be two cards that kind of you know lock together yeah they'll be they'll be one piece together yeah exactly which is which is always cool i love stuff like that um and uh, and I think that you know, Oracle's storyline obviously has been so central to uh, what's been happening in Future Shock, and uh, you know any way to enhance that, um, you know, bring these guys in as you know, like you said, having uh, trios and see what happens, or uh, you, you know, uh, see how they fare during tag team action uh, will be pretty cool. So, um, and then of course for the Indies Deathmatch side of things, uh, we do have the three names there, uh, which we can say are Ricky Shane Page. Yep, was, who we uh, had voted on before, yeah. Right, uh, really looking forward to that update for him. I think it's fascinating because his original card does not necessarily reflect, you know, the, the course that his career has taken over these past few years. However, the most interesting part about this is we're going to get kind of a deathmatch card for Ricky Shane Page. In all likelihood, Ricky Shane Page is kind of done as a deathmatch wrestler. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of weird, weird timing on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, which I think is awesome. I mean, obviously, the game has always worked so well as a tribute to wrestlers, whether, you know, their careers are current or not. I mean, even look at somebody like Brian Danielson uh, is a perfect example because he had cards that uh, were not necessarily in line with 
what he was doing as Daniel Bryan in WWE. Uh, and, and yet they served kind of as a testament and a tribute to his Indies career. And now of course, here he is, you know, they're, they're sort of a perfect uh, compliment to where he is now as well. Um, and so, yeah, having the Ricky Shane page card, um, to, to kind of, you know, be an homage to his deathmatch career, uh, and also bring, you know, him a little bit more current, uh, is a great opportunity. Um, the other names are going to be Madman Pondo. Yep. So we just announced this week, Madman Pondo. Uh, yeah, definitely a uh, you know deathmatch legend. You know, if if there was one, you know, probably I'd say like you know him and the Necro Butcher are probably up there as like two of the top guys. I'd say in terms of deathmatch legends. Uh, you know, this is uh, somebody actually we 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 uh, saw him up close and personal at the. Uh, at the Galacticon that was at the wrestling geek fest a couple of years ago, he was, he wrestled <laughs> both nights of, of that weekend there, which was interesting. Uh, I think I had so much going on. We forgot to get him signed uh, at that point uh, back in Cleveland, however many years ago, <laughs> but we have more recently got him all signed up and you know, definitely thrilled to, uh, get, get a card for him. He was actually voted in, uh, uh, by one of by the, um, uh, winner from the Galacticon uh, from the Indies tournament there. Um, uh, James uh, put uh, yeah, suggested him. I'm like, yep, we'll definitely put him in the game. He was a, a great fit there. I think yeah. the other the other name uh, from Galacticon will actually be in uh, Q4 instead. So I know we mentioned there's a possibility of maybe doing four cards this quarter. It'll just be the three cards this quarter here. Um, and then it goes to the third card is going to be uh, Justice Payne, which we announced along with uh, Nick Gage. Yeah, which again, you know, speaking of tributes, I think is, is, is a nice way to kind of just pay tribute to somebody who's no longer with us. And, you know, and certainly yeah. having Nick Gage uh, get a special edition card, it's fitting that, you know, his brother gets uh, a card in Prime as well. And of course, Justice Payne was, you know, pretty legendary during the early days of, of CZW and and, and uh, I think is, is another great card to add to the mix. And uh you know, fits the theme perfectly as far as the deathmatch set goes. So uh, just some really, really cool names. I love the fact that it's, that it's been kind of themed around this, you know, obviously we've had some, you know, uh, deathmatch wrestlers and hardcore wrestlers in the indie sets before. Uh, but I, I think to, to be able to build a whole set like this, which, uh, it, you know, has a special edition card attached to it in the gauge. And then of course the three promoter prime cards really covers a wide range of deathmatch wrestlers and, and guys who, you know, younger guys who are pretty much new to the scene guys that have been around a while guys that have transitioned into deathmatch wrestling guys that have you know can kind of kind of do it all guys that are just purely deathmatch wrestlers you know whatever the case may be it really fits the bill um and i think it, it, again it's just it's a really unique and really cool set and and uh it's a reminder that you know yeah we you know we can produce like best of the indies or you know uh sets that are related to like feds like in the past with evolve and roh and chikara stuff like that but this is a cool opportunity to kind of theme a set towards one specific style or, or whatnot um and i think that uh i think it's i think it's fantastic so i'm i'm really looking forward to it and um I think like a lot of others, I'll probably be rolling out a deathmatch tournament as soon as I get the card. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> definitely. definitely. Yeah. I kind of like, you know, the, the last year and this year and the, you know, the Q3 release, we kind of, you know, highlighted, you know, a style of wrestling. I think it was kind of cool. The last year in Q3, we, we focused on Indies tag teams. So we did the uh, tag team set and then in prime, we did, you know, three different tag part tag guys who have partners already in the game. 
you know, so kind of focus a little bit on that, kind of beefing up that side of the indies uh, scene. Because a lot of the the best of the indies is really, for the most part, kind of focused on singles wrestlers and, you know, more traditional indie singles wrestlers. So, like, last year doing the tag team, this year doing the death match, I think really kind of help highlight some other different areas that, you know, we weren't able to get as part of our regular releases. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's that's a very good point. And those cards were awesome. You know, I mean, giving getting Kevin Koo and and Trey Lamar yeah. and Trey Miguel, uh, I think were just you know three three great names. And and uh, like you said, could easily fit the bill for you know have tag team partners obviously already in the game, but uh, work well as you know just tag wrestlers in general. And, um, yeah, and that tag set is great. I mean, I you know with my Indies Fed the, that tag set was just the cornerstone for my tag division. I was using yeah. all of those cards. Um, you know, when I started off uh, uh, my my Indies Fed last year but um yeah i gotta figure out what 2022 is gonna bring there yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, like, i mean that's the whole thing with the indies line i mean with some of you know some of the other lines we got a good sense of kind of like what we kind of play we they're even there we tweak it a little bit you know even kind of we're tweaking around with uh you know what was going to be you know the champions of the galaxy releases and how they were going to come out this year uh you know i think yeah next year yeah i know we'll, we'll do another best of the indies set in some way shape or form we'll probably have uh you know, some women's representation, which we usually try to do at least once a year as well. Um, which we will, we, we already have announced we are doing the women's set later this year uh, in the Indies. But yeah, so next year, yeah, I'm, I'm a little open. We'll, we'll see, you know, if, if we do something again with IWTV, if there's maybe another promotion that we're going to work with, there's a, there's a possibility of that. Uh, I think, yeah, we did say we're, do, we're doing something with IPW uh you know, impact pro next summer so yeah something a little bit different um you know throughout there so we'll, we'll 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 figure things out if there's a you know a part of indie wrestling you think that we're kind of missing you know let us know you know we'll, we're happy to we want to represent you know everything that's going on in the world of wrestling yeah i you know i think that uh it's with the past year uh it's been such a weird time for indie wrestling and um you know obviously there have been promotions that have run there have been promotions that didn't run there have been promotions that ran super small shows there have been promotions that ran shows where the only fans in attendance were the other wrestlers on the card you know it's been such a, a weird time you know these past 18 months um for for some promotions and i think that the the opportunity to put a spotlight on you know the talent that have been working so hard during such a strange time uh is always cool to do and and i think the sets over the past year have, have absolutely done that because there are a yeah. lot of wrestlers you know i, I talk about him a lot because he's one of my favorite wrestlers but daniel garcia is a perfect example of that the guy that you know has been working his butt off you know for the past few years and and even over you know, during the pandemic working really really hard to establish himself and you know we had him in the iwtv set and now of course you know he's set up in such a way that sky's the limit you know I mean, yeah. he's having great matches tearing down the house with guys you know getting to wrestle josh alexander and 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 you know being in the ring with cm punk and being in the ring with you know uh, uh all these aew guys john moxley obviously and and uh uh Minoru suzuki you know he's gonna have a match yeah. with suzuki so i mean there's just so much cool stuff and um that he's doing. And I think the Indies line continues to kind of put a spotlight on guys that, uh, you know, have, have a lot of potential and continue to be up and comers. And, um, you know, as far as places to go, I'm always, you know, excited for the opportunities for international stuff. So any yeah. you know, time we get the chance to, you know, throw some, some light down, uh, uh, in Mexico or, 
you know, across the pond in the UK, like with the best of UK and best of Mexico set, I would love to see another set like that, you know, whether we get like a best yeah. of Mexico two or, you know, some sort of international Indies or, or whatever. Uh, I would love, I would love something like that. So I'm going to put it out there in the universe. <laughs> okay. sounds, sounds good. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure things out. We'll get, you know, again, it'll be a little bit kind of like with, uh, with the legend sets, a lot of times, you know, some of the signings might help dictate what the right set is going to totally. be, you know, cause we want to, yeah, I mean, yeah, we want to kind of you know represent everything, but you know, we know there's, you know, we want some type of hook in the set too, you know, not, Did you not say hook, hook from AEW, not, <laughs> hook, not hook from AEW now, but yeah, so something that, you know, that people really, you know, want and then kind of anchor that the set around that a little bit, you know, it's, it's usually kind of how we we've been approaching, you know, what we're releasing. Yeah, so, I think for the most part it works. I mean, I know uh, there's yeah. been some discussion on the boards about like, oh, you should, you know, just get everybody, you know, everybody updated or you know stuff like that. Like, we'll get to there. You know, like we we got a couple more. You know, you know we want to make sure we have enough to kind of put out stuff in the next couple of years too. So right, 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 right. No, and I get it. I mean, you, you know, I'll certainly join the course that there are some guys that I would love to see with updates. You know, there are yeah. some some people that I just would love to have updated cards for, even people that weren't necessarily released that long ago, who I think could, you know, could stand like that marginal tweak just based off of where they are. Sure. I think the difficult thing is, and it's the, and, and, and it's something that we've talked a little bit about before. We, I think we talked about it with Zeke at one point that, you know, sometimes you'll get a guy and you'll sign them when, you know, they're, on the lower end of the card and and then by the time you know zeke's doing stats for them there may be you know mid card or maybe even upper mid card but then by the time the cards released or shortly thereafter they could be main eventing you know yeah. everywhere they go and and i think you know garcia again is a perfect example of that um i think the interesting thing is though as you make the argument it's like well yeah i, I you know you, you put him on the indies and garcia's a main event talent you put him on aew and it's like he's getting you know, a really great spotlight thrown on him. But at the same time, he's not necessarily, he's not winning matches against John Moxley, you know? So right, all of a sudden right. now it's like, well, maybe his stats do work. And it's that ever evolving, ever changing aspect. I think of when you're trying to create guys that are working right now, you know, it, and that's not to say it's easy for the legends team to, you know, pin down a guy's stats or something like yeah, that. Especially over the course of many eras, what's right. like the best way to represent them? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's challenges either way. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, you know, and that's one of the fascinating things about the game. And I think it's why we're so fortunate to have people that are as talented as they are working on the game, producing such mm -hmm. high quality cards, because, you know, the, the, there's, there's that thing where you have that conversation with yourself and you think, well, maybe I would change this or maybe I would change that. And then you kind of take a step back and you're like, I don't know if I would change anything. It's like, wait, what would that do? So, uh, so again, while I'm all for updates and there are guys I would love to see have updates, I also kind of, you know, I understand the other side of it and saying like, let's get new cards out there and, and let those, you know, cards that are, have already been released stand as they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I guess when it comes to stuff like, you know, the best of the indie sets and stuff like that, I want to highlight new guys, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you know, what's, what's you know big on the indies now, like, we need to represent really kind of, you know, the, the new crop of guys at that point, you know, who's hot at that point. And it's amazing kind of going back through the last couple of years of that and just kind of seeing like, you know, someone's that, uh, let's see, uh, let's get this guy in there. He could be doing something good. And then like, you know, one or two years later, they've completely blown up, which is always right. cool to see that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that it's also, when you think about sets that have been released that are promotion specific, like the ring of honor sets or the evolved sets, there were, 
updates, you know, and, and yes. in some cases kind of frequent updates, but yeah. that's kind of the nature of releasing sets that are based around one particular promotion because you are following the trajectory of some of these people's careers. Yeah. So when you update, you know, an Adam Cole or, you know, Cedric Alexander or whoever you're you know giving that update to or Zack Sabre Jr. or whatnot, it's like they've kind of earned that in a way based yeah. off of their work within the promotion. So it makes sense to do that. But yeah, like you're saying, when you're doing that best of the indie stuff, it almost makes more sense to spotlight the new talent, to spotlight, yeah. you know, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> we've, we've digressed and, and wondered enough, uh, you know, speaking of talent, speaking of, 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 of people, you know, getting spotlights, uh, this past week, of course, was uh, a, a pretty big week for AEW. They sold out the Arthur Ashe Stadium, over 20,000 fans. And our tournament master was one of those 20,000 uh, and, and can actually be seen in an image that was used during uh, the the uh, Kenny Omega and, and Brian Danielson match. If you don't believe me that I was there, <laughs> check out Being the Elite this week because you can see me. I'm in the uh, light blue shirt right on the left of uh, Brian Danielson, freaking out, you know, during that <laughs> opening sequence there. Uh, but yeah, oh my dear lord, what a, what a great time uh, that was. I went. Uh, I did go with another fellow promoter, um, James, goes by uh, JRO7 on the boards there. I know he's not as, as active there, but he was at Galacticon this year. And, uh, you know, we, we hit it off there and, uh, you know, just we decided, hey, let's let's go and try to be part of this because it seemed like it's going to be uh, history. Um, and, yeah, it, I, said, I haven't been to a wrestling show since I think the last thing I went to was probably, I guess, the Chikara show at the baseball stadium at Galacticon two years ago, if you, mm. you count that, but as I guess as far as a proper wrestling show, it's probably NXT 25 back in 2019 as well. So it's been a little while. I'm no, I'm no Zeke, you know, traveling, <laughs> traveling the country, going to shows, but uh, this was definitely one to be part of Uh really, really neat stadium. I got to say, I don't know how, it, how it came off on TV, but it was a really cool atmosphere for sure yeah no it looked it looked incredible it sounded incredible i i thought that the the pictures from outside the stadium as well as inside the stadium yeah. really conveyed a sense of scope and i i think that you know I can sit here and say 20,000 fans, but when you think about that, that is the most fans that have seen uh, a non WWE event in North America in over 20 years. You know, the, the, the last time that that many fans saw an event that didn't have WWE promoting it was, um, uh, Georgia, Dome. Georgia Dome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's an incredible achievement. And I think, you know, for a, a promotion that, that kind of had the, the seed, um, you know, began to germinate with uh, with the initial all in and the bet that they couldn't get 10,000 fans and they got 10,000 fans here in Chicago. And then to go and get 20,000 fans in, in New York, York three <laughs> years later is is pretty incredible. Yeah, and they said that that New York crowd was hot. I'll tell you, like we were, like I say, the, the beginning of the match. I mean, everyone was so psyched up for everything going on that you know they did the dark elevation and everybody was going nuts for that. I mean, it was definitely. I think the highlight of that for me was seeing. Um, Tall Paul, you know, Paul White, uh, take, taking <laughs> on uh, all the acronyms. He had uh, R RSP, who we talked about before, RSP, VSK, and CPA, which was, which was great. 
Yeah, I realized what was going on at first once I saw them coming to the ring. I'm like, oh, that that's that's perfect. So uh yes, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, once you know, the show started, everyone was like, All right, we're ready to go. And then realizing the first match was the dream match. I mean, yeah. people just went as soon as it's like as soon as the bell rang, like the stadium just like it was at an uproar. I mean, yeah. I I haven't experienced anything like that before that like that type of energy in a crowd was was absolutely i i i took my camera and panned around the whole stadium yeah uh, there just to kind of just capture the moment it was just absolutely amazing it's i mean and 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 it turned out to be you know the i i, I don't even think it's arguably i'm not even going to put that in front of it you know the that adverb in front of it it was the best televised wrestling match you know non-pay-per-view wrestling match that i have seen in at least 15 years hmm. i i don't think there's anything else that is that has come close that wasn't on like a takeover uh or yeah. you, you know uh, i mean it was it was just it was incredible you know they they worked so well together um and even jim Cornette liked it i mean yeah come on. <laughs> and, and there's a reason why it's because yeah, you, no. you know that's what happens when you put two of the best wrestlers on the face of the planet in the ring and you let them do their job yeah. without any smoke and mirrors or you know lighting effects or whatever the hell else that you want to try to throw in there because you know it's not about the wrestling it's about the tv show or whatever and 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 they had just an incredible match and of course it ended up being a 30 minute time limit draw which we which once we saw that was the opening it's like okay right doing that they're doing the draw because i mean who are you going to give the win to there i mean it was it was a top fun but you know just but even though i think a lot of people knew it was a draw like just just getting into that match i mean they they did everything to hook you in there for sure yeah yeah and and i i thought you know that it's clear that they the other thing that was incredible about the match i think was the build of the match and the pacing of the match Mm -hmm. You, you know they they were able to work a pretty intense rate and pace for the majority of the match and yet it still had wonderful like ebbs and flows that 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 finishing stretch was incredible um and I can't wait for, you know, match number two, Um, you know, the, the, the rematch Uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome whenever it happens. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and so I mean, the, the the crowd was you know so up for that, you know, and then CM Punk comes out, and everybody's like, you know, still able to keep the energy there, although it was it was tough after being up for you know for like that the whole thirty minutes. I mean, you were pretty much like just on edge there, and then you know Punk there. After that, you know, it was definitely a letdown for the crowd. Like I think everybody kind of needed to get their breath. So yeah, uh, you know, the the MJF match versus Brian Pillman Jr. definitely suffered a little bit by not having as much you know enthusiasm behind it. Even though I think they did a good job, but I mean, it's tough to follow all that. Yeah, yeah well, the thing about that match is I think that you knew that there was that there was no way that Pillman was going over and. Right. And, no, and, and which is fine, you know yeah. that that's the thing is it's like it's it's okay to to see matches like that, yeah. Um, and 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 I think the thing is is that both of them 
played their roles perfectly. Yep. Um, it was great to see Pillman kind of fired up because we've seen, you know, a lot, a lot of what we've seen from Pillman with like the tag team and everything is that, you know, yeah, I mean, he's got some fire or whatever, but to be able to have a real personal stake in, in a match, the way that he did against MJF, I thought was, was just a great kind of moment for him. Uh, and, and of course gave MJF perfect opportunity to just, you know, to be the shit heel that he is. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so good. At it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, the interaction with Julia Hart, and kind of just your classic old school sort of feel with the, you know, the heel, uh, you, you know, using the, the, the female valet and, you know, and the baby face checking on her to make sure she's okay. And then, you know, paying the price for it. And, and yeah, that kind of, you yeah. know, ended up leading to, to the end of the match. It was, you know, it was just, it was kind of perfect. And the fact that it was sub 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Like that's the right. other thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, you need, you and not every match that. needs to be, you know, 20 plus minutes. So right. I thought it, it filled its role perfectly. Yeah, and I guess you know the other you know the big highlight of that you know at least the, the the first half you know for the dynamite there was getting to see you know getting to see Sting you know like I I, I you know who would have thought you know in 2021 I'd be going and seeing you know Sting live like yeah amazing I mean he did so great I mean FTR is such a great team you know and and every, all four of them with Darby and Sting I mean it, they they all worked so well together the guy's 62 years old and works a match better than like a a lot of people half his age you know what i mean like it's it's incredible that what he's able to do uh and and i think yeah it was it was it was awesome um you know, one thing I, I do want to go back on real quick is the sure. Malachi Black and, and Cody. Oh Rose yeah, match. completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, that that was another one. The the crowd was up for. I mean, crowd was not into Cody <laughs> at all. Like I was like, so I I I was a little surprised how anti Cody they were. That was pretty crazy. It's so weird to me. It kind of bothers me in a way because yeah. it's one of those things where it's just sort of like why like what, what do you really do you have a good reason like i don't it just it feels like it, it, it what it reminds me of when i texted you this it reminds me of when fans started to turn on cena yeah you know oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, definitely. and you just kind of sit there and you're like why like he's good at what he does yeah. you know i know you're chanting you can't wrestle at him or whatever but like we know that he can and we you know, know he can. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's like it reminds me a lot of that and it doesn't make sense to me and it's one of those things where it's just like sometimes people just want to piss on something and it really kind of gets to me that that's kind of what it feels like so i'm just left feeling like okay crowd whatever but and this is the big but the difference is going to be that aew will allow the fans to hate him and will go that direction like and cody will be a heel he has no problem being a heel you know and i think that they even play he's not he's not necessarily baby face no like he does not come out of the baby face tunnel right (laughs) Well, so, it was really interesting there, like, and I don't know if everybody caught it, but like, so he comes out of his own tunnel along with Malachi Black, who again, not babyface or heel, they're both coming out of the middle there, which is kind of interesting. But like when Cody comes out, he's got Arn coming out of the face tunnel, and he's got Brandy coming out of the heel tunnel. <laughs> so like he's like right in the middle there, you know. So yeah. which you mentioned that there was the interaction between Cody and Arn that I think really helps to kind of sow some seeds yes. for the potential break there. And Arn to be, like you said, kind of on that baby face side and Cody to be, you know, on, on the heel side of it. And I think that, you know, that, that that'll be the difference, you know, whereas WWE yeah. would never go heel with Cena because, you know, hey, he sells t-shirts and he's got to do his make-a-wish stuff, which sure. I would never in a million 
million years say anything bad about that. The guy no, is, no, is no. an absolute friggin' saint. The <laughs> yes, amount of yes. you know work that he's done for for Make a Wish. So, but but that said, I think that you know AEW will allow Cody to you know to go that direction and 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 you know feed off of that crowd, which is perfect. Um, and they had a good match. That's the other thing yeah. too. Where I mean, they had a good match. And uh, I, I was a little surprised they gave Black the win, but I was glad. You know, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I think I think it did more. I did more to to keep him getting the win there, which I thought was good. So yeah, yeah. I didn't know how they would go. You know, you get Cody his win back, but that's not necessarily AEW does. You know, it's not always fifty right. booking, so it's interesting. So yeah. Um, and then of course we had our main event, uh, which, uh, I love that the women got to go on, on last yeah. was, uh, Britt Baker, uh, and Ruby Soho. Um, I just, I, I, you know, Britt is so perfect at, at what she does. I love the energy that Ruby brings. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, the, that there's something about her presence and she, and the thing about her is that this is not a product of, oh, well, yeah, she spent time with WWE. So she's got, you know, refined and she knows how to have that star power. She had that even before she was, you know what I mean? Like when she walked out that first night on raw, like she had it, like she's, this is, that's just her. So I think she just brings a great, you know, star presence and charisma uh, uh, to uh, AEW and especially in that baby face role. And I think that they had a really good match and uh, you know, the right result, obviously. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you knew that the result, and and, and like even the crowd, I I, it was time. I I think the crowd was definitely more pro Brit. Overall, sure. I have to say, I mean, just, just they're into the whole thing that they, I think she's definitely won everybody over for sure. And not that they weren't supporting Ruby, but I, I they just, I, I think everybody really, really enjoys the Brick character. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and then you got, you know, the they were right into like in between. I know there was a couple. There was some other thing. There was a Matt, and I don't think anybody saw it there. There was a, a Max Caster uh, rap battle challenge that was put out i don't know if you saw that and then uh he challenged tony khan to a rap battle and whatnot which you know was was you know part of it was kind of funny there but yeah that that was you know some fun for the crowd while they got everything set up for rampage but yeah then we went you know so after having that huge two-hour show we went right into another huge two-hour show which was which was pretty crazy i mean it's kind of reminiscent of the old ring of honor days with the uh the five-hour you know marathon shows going on right, right. it was tough you know, not quite not quite as tough as getting through wrestlemania 35 i'll say in the seven <laughs> hours there but uh it, you know it, it was a lot you know but um it, it was but it definitely you know, kept kept your kept the interest you know and starting out right off the bat with CM, a cm punk match uh yeah can't hurt for sure yeah yeah and i, I you know i thought that uh, he continues to just look great and he and I love the fact that he he wrestles so differently from the way that he used to wrestle and also from the way anyone else wrestles in that company. And I don't think that it is purely a fact of he's been away from the ring for seven years. I think it's just that he knows he can bring something different to the table, you know, for himself, you know, as a challenge to himself, as a challenge to the other wrestlers. As a, and I, and I think it works so perfectly, you know, worked perfectly in Darby Allen and the guy, the guy that he reminds, and this is the best compliment I could possibly give anyone. The guy that he reminds me of so much right now with what he's doing, the work that he's doing in the ring is Bret Hart. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and it was evident from, well, the, the first match was a right. completely, you know, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, one, two, three kid, you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, I I, I think it's, he's doing he's doing a great job. And again, I don't think anybody really, uh, you know, there was much uh, 
thought that powerhouse Hobbs was going to win that, but you know, I, th- I think they had a good match and, you know, good to see uh punk back in the trunks there. He left it up to the fans. <laughs> you know, if anybody wanted his Twitter there, he had people vote on whether he should wear the, the pants or the trunks. And it was pretty overwhelmingly everyone wanted him back in trunks, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll flip back and forth depending on the opponent. We'll he see. actually posted a funny meme and, and it said something like, uh, you know, the more you tell me to wear the trunks, the more I'm going to wear the tights. You right. Know, yeah. Like, that yeah. wouldn't be a surprise at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the feud too that he's got going with, um, you know, with Taz and and, yeah. and his faction. And I think it, it, again, it helps to just do exactly what he set out to do, which yeah. is get in the ring with some of these younger guys and and maybe some of the guys that don't necessarily have uh, as big of a spot. I mean, not Darby, obviously, but uh, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs has got just so much ahead of him. And, and I think the thing that, that is wonderful about this is like, you know, dropping a match to CM Punk right now does not hurt him at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. The super click. Super click. All right. That was a lot of fun there. Rushmore (laughs) 2.0. Oh yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, fans love Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Like that. I mean, he, he got, but he's definitely, Definitely top five reactions of the night was Adam Cole for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know, BTA, the, BTE this week, they they showed the clip from the uh, commercial, which was uh, hilarious. There's one spot that was absolutely hilarious. I was dying after with uh, Brandon Cutler with the spray. Where he, <laughs> like, he, he's like running at Jungle Boy with the spray and Jungle Boy just like, you know, takes him out while he's doing it. It was absolutely, you have to, you have to watch that. It was one of the funniest things ever, ever live but yeah but the fans of it another one they love is, is singing along to the jungle boy music oh. you know they yeah <laughs> I, i'll tell you what it's not even going to take five years but i mean jungle boys i mean he's it man he's the future yeah. there's no doubt in my mind yep absolutely no that, that was a lot of fun uh then we went into the you know then yeah uh yeah i i ran out uh, at that point uh you know i had to get uh um, you know, I had to get my AEW merchandise because the lines were absolutely ridiculous the entire yeah. night. Like I know somebody there, his wife came along. She stood on one line for an hour to try to get a t-shirt. They were out of the size. So then she went and had to stand on another line for 45 minutes to finally get a oh, t-shirt there. Man. I saw what was going on. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I'm not spending all that time. I, I spent like, 20 some odd minutes to get a beer. I spent another like, you know, 25 minutes to get food. Like the lines were pretty bad. I'll never forget going to all in. And there were literally people that missed almost every single match on the card to stand in line to get merchandise. Yeah, see, you know, to me, I'm I'm there for the experience. You yeah, know, merchandise is nice, and yeah, you can only get it for that time. But I mean, to me, I'm there for the experience. I'd rather just yeah. do that. And actually, funny enough, the the beginning of the uh, beginning of the Omega Danielson match, uh, uh, James who went with me, he he ran out um, to to get a, to get us to get us some beers you know, a couple of minutes during like the last dark match and missed the beginning of, of oh, man. because of that. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you can miss this. But yeah, just, it, it was just brutal all night with, with the lines, but I took advantage of this part, ran outside, got a hat just to get something. Sure. And, uh, and, you know, a little, um, you know, 
and then they ran back in just in time uh, to sing some Judas uh, as Chris Jericho came down, which was was pretty neat. Which how cool is it? Because again, I think that this just shows that that forethought and and you know the bill building people up. How cool is it that you know the men of the year get the win in this match? No, that was that was great. Yeah, I think yeah, getting getting them there really kind of building them up a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised, but very happily surprised yeah at the win there yeah because the, the the build that they have had has definitely been a slow burn and it's been that type of stuff that you know the young bucks and kenny omega talked about you know years ago when they were first starting all this stuff up was that you know people wanted things to be a slower burn they wanted things to you know to have long you know built out storylines drawn out storylines i mean look what they're doing obviously with adam page sure like the, the the thing is is it's like this is the same thing you know where like you look at where scorpio sky was when you know aew first started um with scu and everything and now you know here he is kind of taking this next step and you bring in somebody like ethan page and and you know they they feuded with darby and and obviously you know the right thing happened with darby and sting you know kind of winning that feud but they've transitioned into this great position now you know with dan lambert and being the mouthpiece and and just now they with the win over hager and jericho they they seem more threatening and and yeah. that build can kind of take place and get them in line potentially to take on you know the the lucha brothers um or or whoever may might be holding the tag belts at that point in time right right no absolutely yeah i think yeah and having yeah it's interesting yeah i i yeah i think along the the, the people who are not maybe big rest you know mainstream wrestling fans or regular watchers of AEW, I think you're very impressed by all the MMA guys coming in there. I will, I will say that I am not very familiar with hardly any of them. I've heard maybe a name or two, but don't not really familiar, but yeah, I mentioned some of the names to my friend who's a big MMA guy. And he's like, man, those are some heavy hitters they brought in there. So yeah, (laughs) it's cool. That's cool with me. And you know, if it helps, you know, if it helps him out overall, that, that, that's great you know so <laughs> yeah yeah I, I agree i mean i think it's there's nothing wrong with it at all <laughs> yeah, yeah uh yeah then i think yeah next we had an eight-man match uh and then the penelope ford and anna J match which i think you know the, definitely people were in the eight-man match a little bit with the new york with the you know santana and ortiz there but really i think it was all about you know the main event of, of rampage oh, uh yeah that lights the lights out match that yeah people were waiting for that one yeah and, and you know that match is just a, a you know if you if you needed one which i don't think anyone does especially anyone listening to this podcast is just another reminder that eddie kingston is fan freaking tastic yes, in is. every yes. little thing that he does he's so damn good yeah. Oh, and even I'll, I'll say I listened to I, I did I heard about it afterwards. So I listened to Dark Elevation and his commentary during the uh, Paul White uh, versus you know the three guys match was great. Reminiscent <laughs> of an old uh, Dragon Dragon match from Chikara, you know his style there. He, he, he's so he's so good in everything he does. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, some people, you know, some people are born to be bricklayers, and Eddie Kingston was born to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, I love you know obviously homicide. He, 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 you know, yeah. coming out uh, so perfect and just, again, really shows the generosity and the idea that AEW is a wrestling show and they're there for professional wrestling and they want, you know, professional wrestling to succeed uh, and, and, you know, in essence, basically promoting another promotions match, you know, by having yeah. Homicide yeah, out homicide. there. Yeah, Homicide yeah, Suzuki. Know. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. Uh, while, while also, of course, 
you know, really kind of paying respects to the fact that Homicide and Eddie Kingston were an incredible sure. tag team. They're incredibly close. Eddie Kingston credits Homicide for, you know, saving his life when he was battling some pretty serious depression. Uh, you know, and, and of course, Homicide being from New York, it was really just kind of this perfect, you know, opportunity to do something like that. And, uh, and, and a really cool, just a really cool moment. And I think that, uh, you know, there are some people that probably got the payoff more than others. Um, but, uh, yeah, but just sure. what a cool, what a cool moment. You yeah. Know? That, that was, that was great. That was great. But yeah. Overall awesome experience there. Um, yeah. Really glad I got to go to that. Um, yeah. I hope that they run there again, but you know, hopefully maybe, uh, I guess I'll at least now know the, uh, you know, maybe I have a meal before I go there because it's a little, <laughs> little tough. The, the beer selection was not ideal either, but you know that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll forego a little bit of that, uh, you know, for some some good quality wrestling. And, and one other thing I'll say is, you know, with all this stuff that's been happening the last couple of weeks at AEW, like I know the the whole thing with this, you know, has been like, okay, maybe there's some real competition, and maybe this helps, you know. WWE be more competitive and you can definitely see it in the programming WWE has been putting out usually kind of that, that post SummerSlam pre you go really again, going into survivor series time is usually pretty slow for WWE and they're putting up some big matches on free TV now too. So I think it's, it's really kind of given them a little bit of a, you know, a kick to like, Hey, you know, we've got to put some compelling stuff on TV as well. Yeah, I think that you know it's inter- there's there are a couple of statistics that, that I recently read though that are that are pretty telling and 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 until until these numbers start to change, I I will feel the same way I felt when you know Vince and Stephanie and Triple H stood in the middle of the ring and said they were we're going to give the fans what they want and then proceeded to do exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that the fact that you have something like over sixty, I think it's like the number sixty seven matches. Uh, thus far in this year that have ended in, you know, some sort of disqualification or non-finish on WWE programming, whereas AEW has had, I, I think the number's like three. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, like, like I think you say have the draws there before. We've had, if I remember right, three draws in the history of the company, but yeah. they all, and they all had good storyline reasons behind them too. R- right. And then the other number that, that I think is incredibly important is that, you know, AEW averages, you know, something like, um, uh, you know, like, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's a pretty, a pretty high margin of actual wrestling, you know, per hour. Whereas, you know, uh, our AEW has a pretty high margin, whereas WWE, I think it's literally something like eight minutes per every hour is actual in-ring wrestling. Hmm. And, And the thing that's that's fascinating about that number is that it's not that they're not having wrestling matches during that hour. It's just that so many of the matches are during commercial breaks. Oh, that's true. That's they're, true. they're literally starting matches and then cutting to a commercial and then coming back and sometimes having another commercial break. So you'll get like, you know, out of maybe a 15 minute match, you're actually only going to maybe see about eight to nine minutes of it. Right, right, right. No, it's true. Which is just, which is just, I, 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 again, I really do. I feel like until those numbers start to change, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care who they're putting in the ring, you know, because because they're doing who they're putting in a ring such a disservice because they have such an incredible roster, but they're not letting them go out there and do what they're good at. 
you know, at least they're not letting them do that in such a way that as a TV viewer, I want to spend my time watching their programming. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, a lot of times in the past, I've been known to fast forward through the actual matches and just get to the finish there, especially on a three hour program where, you know, I don't necessarily want to spend three hours on. Sure. Uh, and I'll do occasionally on some of the dynamite matches, but I definitely find myself watching more and even watching some of the, pitcher and pitcher stuff which sometimes they they do some fun things in the pitcher and pitcher too so right well and i'm interested don't get me wrong there are things that i'm interested in i haven't been watching or following along but when i read about the whole you know new day hurt business you know potential feud like yeah i'm totally into that that sounds fantastic you know i mean all six of those guys are great but uh uh but then there's other things where i just am kind of like i don't get it you know i don't i don't get it so anyway um so that's our show for this week. No, uh, <laughs> we do actually have another segment here. Uh, we want to talk about how we are, you know, running our feds and, um, uh, you know, get into a little bit of our booking and scheduling. Uh, do we use rankings? Do we not use rankings, et cetera? So, uh, Todd, I'll let you kick us off because um, I know that you run things a little bit differently, than I think, from, from a lot of folks. So why don't you talk a little bit about which feds you currently or, or you know, traditionally, if you're not necessarily running them right now, right. run and, um, and, and how you kind of maybe set things up for each one. No, gotcha. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously, you know, when it comes to the creative side of things, I am probably most involved in the indie side. Um, I do get involved somewhat on the legend side, especially around like art direction and stuff like that, kind of help it, helping along with that champion side. I'm not usually involved in any of the creative there. Um, uh, outside of maybe some proofreading, uh, whatnot. Uh, but what's funny is usually the only stuff I actually play is champions of the galaxy. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the stuff that other people are producing and the stuff that I'm producing, I'm usually not playing outside of Galacticon, which is kind of funny, but Hey, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Not to say I don't like to use the indie stuff. I usually, if I do something there, it's more like, you know, one-off tournaments and stuff like that. Not an ongoing fed. Uh, you know, I like to kind of like, you know, to me, I kind of like having this story that's being you know written by Tom or Mike or Rob and kind of playing it out. Um, I, I really enjoy that and kind of coming up with my own you know, own things that's maybe not influenced by you know real life things going on. So you know, traditionally, my my main thread that I have been playing is the uh, GWF. Um, you know the um, uh, and you know wh- how I do things. I have things pretty well structured so i kind of have like a whole setup that i do at the beginning of the year of how i want you know to kind of structure out the year usually what i do is i will start off the year with a demios perennial and that is i do all the feuds in the books like the big feuds so i'll kick off like any of the new guys are usually in there any of the top line feuds are usually in there i don't always have title matches in there there might be like one or two title matches and usually not a heavyweight title unless there's you know some reason from like the end of the previous year but that it might you know it might be more like a six man or something like that that really is more storyline based to kind of kick off the year yeah so yeah that's how i always start and then usually like in between you know pay-per-view or you know what special events or whatever you want to call them i'll do about three weekly television uh shows uh, and then go into another pay-per-view event. Um, 
And uh, I know a lot of people do rankings. You know, I'm a stats guy myself, but I have never done rankings. Uh, it's just not a thing for me. I just kind of more book on the storyline side of things. Um, and, uh, you know, usually if, guy, if a guy's hot or if a guy's, you know, kind of fits into like a either a storyline title shot or if he's won a couple matches and kind of I feel deserves a title shot, that's who I usually give it to. Or there may be like some type of top contender match or something like that. That's how I usually more so decide uh, title matches. Um, but a lot of my, the way I structure my fed saw, as I mentioned, I kind of have like a, a, you know, three weeks or so in between each, each, uh, each event. And I'll usually go kind of back and forth between some type of a more, a, uh, a regular type of event, uh, like a, you know, d- d- you know, standard matches, or maybe there might be, there's a lot of times I will do a theme to the event. Uh, so like, I'll have something that's kind of like extreme rules and guess what? All my, all my matches have extreme rules, not just one, um, (laughs) but, uh, I digress. And then, so I'll do like one, you know, one event will be kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of title matches and things like that. And then the next event will be a tournament, which I'm sure shocks so many of you out there that I'm running (laughs) tournaments throughout the year, but I have multiple different tournaments I run throughout the year. So I'll talk a little bit about kind of how my, my, my standard structure is. Sometimes I deviate a little bit here or there, depending on what's going on in the year. Um, yeah. So I started, again, I mentioned that I started out with the perennial. I'll then go into my first event uh, in the past has been solar slam, uh, which is kind of like their first time where definitely the title, the heavyweight title, a lot of, most of the titles are on, on the line in that one. And then, then there's some, usually some, uh, some big feud matches as well. Uh, after that, I will go to my first uh, tournament of the year is, uh, and maybe I'll come up with a different, different name. I try not to take real life ones, but I guess it's no longer a real life uh, tournament anymore, but I'll do a King of trios. Mm. And so this is one where we'll have like a trios type tournament where all the different teams, the new teams that are out there for the year, each get their representative in there. And so there'll be an 18 tournament. Uh, as part of that sometimes i'll do uh usually i'll do like a women's title match along with that because usually most of the men's champions are part of the trios tournament so usually the women's title match might be like the semi-main something like that uh after that i get into uh night of champions uh which i because i call that also paraded champions sometimes i'll tweak around the name there that one is one i've I, I run pretty often where i'll have all the major titles will be on the line but will not have challengers named before the event. I will, the first half of the show is all top contender matches. And then the second half of the show is all the title matches. Um, and sometimes I'll do the, the top contender matches in different ways. It might be like a, could be a triple threat in one. Uh, it could be some other different ways that I might do it. I, I have a certain type of match. I run for tag teams. I call the, uh, triple threat tag team turmoil match which pops up every once in a while and that one i have like a triple threat tag team and like every time one's eliminated a new one will come in so it's not always like a standard just you know regular gauntlet match it's almost like a triple threat gauntlet match that's one i've come up with a number of years ago just a unique match that i like to run sometimes that'll be in there sometimes that'll be in another show later on too uh I will do usually around the next one is a, I call survival of the fittest, which I've kind of moved around a couple different times. What the theme has been kind of like how survivor series has kind of changed over the years. So sometimes it's been, you know, team matches. Sometimes it's more like a tournament thing. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, might just be, you know, some title matches with some survival elements in other matches, you know, so I, I move it around a little bit depending on what the theme is for the year there. 
Um, my next one, I, I've done a lot in the past. I haven't, I haven't, uh, my D, GWF, I didn't play much last year just because I've been so busy with the, the other game there, but I'll always do what one I call the people's choice. And that's one where I will come up with, um, you know, uh, eight to 10 matches, whatever it is for the card. And I will, um, uh, put them up for fan vote. So it'll be on the board and you get to determine who's the challengers for the different tiles. What are the stipulations for the different matches? And I have a lot of fun with that one, just kind of figuring out all the permutations around that. Yeah. So yeah, I think you usually get a pretty good response on that. And I'll try to, I don't always post everything on the board, but I'll try to post like the results of that one. Uh, Cause that one's always a lot of fun. And sometimes we get some cool, cool matchups. I'm not expecting uh, a lot of times they work out pretty well, but that's how I'm thinking, but, uh, but that one is definitely a lot of fun. Uh, my next tournament that I, that I focus on, and this is one that I've been doing for a long, long time. And it's had a couple of different names. It was, I think I, I developed it right around the time of the first King of the Ring, uh, when there was, you know, qualifying matches for King of the Ring. It kind of got me into the sense of like, oh, okay, maybe I need to do some type of a eight man annual eight man tournament and have some unique way of qualifying for it. So I have what's now called the King of the Cosmos. Um, and it is an eight man tournament, uh, and how you qualify is very, very unique. And I'll try to hit the highlights here, but basically the previous year's champion gets invited back. And then there's a battle Royal a couple weeks before the event, the winner of the battle Royal gets, gets a spot. And then of the, uh, next, the other last 12 guys besides the winner, they get put into a, a bracket for qualifying for the tournament. Uh, the last four guys eliminated, they have kind of like a playoff amongst them. The two winners of that make it into the tournament. The two losers of that are not fully eliminated yet. Okay. Uh, so then uh, runners up six through nine, uh, they will face off in a, in a series of eliminations. The two winners of that make it into the tournament. And then finishers 10 through 13, they face off in two, two matches. The two winners of that face the two losers from amongst the last four eliminated. That kind of makes sense right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if you're like late, you're later in the battle royal, you have a better chance of qualifying into the actual tournament itself. If you're you know somewhat in the middle, you have a chance of making it, but not as not quite as good of a chance. Uh, so it's a very weird, unique way of doing it, but it always is a lot of fun, and and I really always look forward to it every year. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very cool. I I, I like uh, I, I like the sort of the the different permutations of uh, of tournaments that you know you've come up with and um, and the way that those kind of fit in. I think stuff like that is is really cool. And it's honestly, it's not something that I've used a whole lot in my feds. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely say I'm the tournament master. I got to right. come up with unique things around that. So yeah, so that, that's a, a cool one I've I've done there. Uh, another event I run a lot here. Next up on the schedule here is a uh, triple trouble. I call. And that one is all around three. So I have like, uh, uh, usually I'll have um, two triple threat matches earlier in the night. The two winners of that go on to face the champion in a triple threat in the main event. Uh, a lot of times then I'll do that triple threat tag team turmoil match I mentioned before. That'll usually be part of it. Uh, there'll be a, a best two out of three series. There'll be some trios matches. So it's all in the triple thing. I usually do that one on, on Tyron. Uh, the, the home of the triple threat match in Champions of the Galaxy. 
so that then a, a theme pay-per-view and really kind of going all in on the theme in, in a different way. I like that. Uh, let's see. Next one I do is Phil Singer Cup, and that is the tag team tournament of the year. So pretty straightforward there for the most part, kind of all reminiscent of the old Crockett Cup. Right. Uh, I'll do a no holds barred. That's kind of more my extreme rules. A lot of, you know, different, uh, uh, you know, hardcore matches throughout that. And that'll kind of lead into kind of like the last part of the year. So the last part of the year, there's three big events that happen to kind of sum up the end of the year. Uh, first is the impossible tournament. That's uh, a brainchild of uh, Rob Bobine. And that is a series of four, four man round Robin tournaments. Uh, I have a way that I usually run it that usually I get through all the different uh, matches there. I know Rob runs in a certain way that he does a random draw for each order. I have a little bit of a different way that I do it. Uh, so yeah, I'll have the impossible tournament and along that I'll run an impossible tag team tournament as well. And that kind of goes along with that. Uh, that'll last five cards there. Cause you have the four kind of individual cards and then the winners of the four will meet in kind of like their bit, the pay-per-view then at that point. Uh, that'll lead into the Rags to Riches, which is my Royal Rumble type pay-per-view. So that's one where, um, you know, it, it, the, you know, the headline is definitely the, the, the Royal Rumble type match there. I've been doing the last few, few years, I've been doing one match is the all or nothing match. And it's usually a big feud. And amongst two main eventers, the winner gets the last entry into the Royal Rumble. The loser does not participate in the Rumble at all. Okay. So that's a lot of fun and kind of throws the big wild card of like, yeah, you're going to maybe get Monolith, you know, coming out of the end, or he might not be in it at all, you know, yeah. depending on how things go. And that's really, I, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. And of course that, that leads all the way into the end into Galacticon, which uh, is the year end event. Um, yeah, that's, you know, the final title matches I'll have there. There might be a couple, even other title matches leading up to that to kind of figure out, you know, how, how it's going to end out the year. I'll do some type of, uh, I do a elimination ladder match as part of that. That's kind of has a money in the bankish type uh, thing with that, which has been done used in the past to actually change the title at the end of the night. It's been used, you know, to, uh, you know, that, I think that actually you know, happened a couple of years ago here, I see. Uh, it was cashed in at the end, and the title <laughs> changed after the main event, which has been fun. Uh, it also has happened, you know, been carried over to the next year and whatnot. But that's pretty much how I run my GWF. I, I get a lot of different theming throughout there. There's like, you know, a lot of these events are same year to year. There are a ton of tournaments in there. A lot of times the tournament winners will get a shot at the title as well, especially, you know, the... The, the King of the Cosmos and the Impossible Tournament winners will usually get a title shot after that as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, um, uh, I, I you know, it's funny because I, they, I certainly have some similarities, um, but overall, I think, you know, my, my Fed has, has a very different feel uh, in so much as, uh, while, while I don't, it depends on what era I'm in, frankly, with the, my classics era. Uh, I use rankings a little bit more just because there's very much a, uh, I, I think this kind of, you know, real sports feel to, to the early era. Um, you know, there are some angles to, to play out here and there. Um, but for the most part, I, I kind of wanted to be able to allow, um, 
you know, anybody to have a shot at the title and, and see, you know, what that could do. Now, obviously, you know, Omega is, is in, pretty unstoppable in those early years, but sure. there have been, you know, other champions. I mean, Torn Callum was my first, you know, champion during the classics era. Um, and KO Keller has held the belt. Um, and, you know, Morpheus has held the belt. So there's, you know, there's certainly been some changeover, but for the most part, Omega has, has had a stranglehold, but it, you know, in order to kind of determine who he's going to face, usually there will be, you know, number one contenders matches, that sort of stuff. Uh, Because when I started out with my GWF and with those classic eras, I, you know, I really wanted to kind of have uh, a bit of a bare bones sort of feel. And, and the idea is, is that there would be one card per month um, and that titles would, you know, be defended every 60 days. So it allowed me to sort of rotate where, you know, this card is main evented by a Galaxian championship match. This card, the next card is, is a tag team championship match and just kind of revolve that. And it wasn't always that way. I mean, sometimes they would both be on the same card. Sometimes, you know, there'd be no title match on a card depending on what was going on because, you know, definitely the storyline would dictate uh, some of those things as well. And, and there would be some feuds that would get pretty hot and, uh, you know, Mangus and, and Commander Sam are going to be having a match. So, it, 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 you know, really kind of... Uh, the dice dictate a lot. And yet at the same time, um, there are definitely plans that, that, uh, I, I hope to have come together. Um, you know, so it's kind of a mix, I suppose, uh, of, of, um, just letting the dice decide and, you know, lining up challengers for whoever the champion is, um, and keeping that, that going and keeping it fresh so that I'm not necessarily playing out the same matches too often. Now, obviously there are certain combinations that you want to, to have, you know, go at it and find reasons to have them continue to, to go at it like Morpheus and Omega. You know, I wanted them to have a long stretch where they were facing each other fairly often. Um, and then things kind of would cool off for a while and maybe they'd get the tag team back together and, and whatnot. Um, but as far as the overall structure goes, um, you know, by the time you get to, you know, basically right before 2087 hits, um, I, I had my, my monthly card, uh, and in addition to the monthly card, I would have four super cards. And so you'd have, um, the Demos perennial in, in January, there would be the galactic wars in April, uh, star bash in August and galaxies collide in December. Now, I would also throw in my tournaments as well, um, which the Phil Singer Cup for me was actually the singles tournament. Okay. Um, and that was round robin, you know, two blocks of four um, oh. with the, 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 you know, the winners of their blocks facing off um, at uh, appropriately enough you know, being the new Japan fan that I am at climax. And, um, uh, and then the winner of course would, would, you know, get the opportunity to have a title shot. Um, and usually that title shot would be, uh, at galaxies collide. Um, the, the tag team tournament was the fighting spirit tag team tournament. Um, and, and that would just be single elimination. Um, so I didn't necessarily have to, you know, juggle too many, you know, tag team matches per card. Um, and of course, you know, would also allow for a title shot, uh, at the end of that. Um, once I, you know, kind of transitioned over, um, I, well, I actually didn't transition yet, but prior to this, when I was running just the, my straight GWF fed from 2087 on, um, Usually, yeah, there'd be a, a weekly show and, and you know, after four cards, there, there'd be a super card. I didn't always do that. Sometimes I would let things go a little bit longer, you know, maybe it'd be six weeks before a super card um, just to kind of allow 
things to build and develop if I needed them to. Um, but usually after a, a super card, um, whatever kind of happened on that card, I would use that to set up whatever was coming next. And, you know, if I felt like a feud had ended, then I, you know, I would maybe, you know, just randomly set up a match and see what might happen. Um, but oftentimes things would usually spill out, you know, pretty well. Um, you know, when, when, uh, when certain things, would actually finish, uh, you know, as far as, as, as a feud would go. Um, I, I don't always plan too far in advance cause you never really know what's going to happen due to the dice. So, uh, a great example is when tricks won my Galaxian championship off of monolith, which was something <laughs> that I did not expect whatsoever. And he right. won it. And, uh, you know, he ended up, not only did he win the title, but then he beat monolith in a rematch in, in a, uh, in a cell match. Wow. So it was, you know, really kind of, um, it was an opportunity to, you know, to go somewhere different. And, and it allowed me to put the swarm tricks feud in the main event spot and, and then eventually get swarm the title, uh, which I thought was a cool moment because swarm had not held that title up until that point in my fed. So, yeah. So I, I think that, um, it held the interplanetary belt a lot, but, yes. uh, so, so it, that to me is always the fun and the challenge uh, of the game is when, you know, weird stuff like that happens. And so with my GWF, you know, I tend to go mostly by the book. Um, so it's easy for me to kind of do away with the rankings, um, after the classics era and really just focus more on the feuds and the storylines and, and let those dictate things. But you also want the belts to still be important. And I think the way that you, you know, you do that is by kind of enforcing some sort of, uh, um, you know, making it feel real. And, and so there are definitely opportunities for wrestlers that might be embroiled in a feud that if they get enough wins or maybe they win a match, that's just kind of a throwaway match that you put on a card or you set up a number one contenders match or something like that. It, it gives other people the opportunity, but I'm not necessarily strictly going by, Oh, you know, this guy's number one in the rankings. So he gets the title match. It's, you know, it's definitely usually dictated a little bit more by storyline. Um, <clears throat> In contrast to that, you know, my, my Indies fed, um, is, is, you know, pretty much not based purely around the rankings, but it's kind of very similar to the Chikara, um, you know, idea that you, you picked up three wins and then you could challenge for, you know, for a title, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, I use that, the, you know, the, to offset that and to cycle in all the talent that we have. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, so I won't go into too much detail, but the, the other thing that I would do is that if you lose three matches in a row, you're off the roster. Oh, wow. Which is great because it allows me to, you know, to really cycle in new talent, um, you know, fairly frequently. And, uh, and there's been some shockers, you know, initially when I started my Indies fed, I felt like Tom Lawler was going to be one of my biggest stars. And during, you know, the, the initial run, the initial tournament and everything, he was, he was that. And then he lost a match and I thought, Oh, it's no big deal. Everybody loses a match. Then he lost another match. And I thought, uh-oh, what's what's happening here? And then he lost his third match. And I was like, oh, great. The guy who I kind of planned on being my number one babyface is now 
off the roster. Um, but, but, but again, you throw him a chump in that third one. It, <laughs> I, you know, to be completely honest, I don't remember exactly what I did uh, and, and who he faced. I think generally the way that I had set up the relegation matches is that it, it, both wrestlers going into the match have two losses. Yeah. Okay. So the idea being is that it's like one guy goes. Um, two to, men enter, one man leave. <laughs> right, right, right. To just sort of keep the stakes a little higher. Um, I... I when I, you know, the funny thing is, is that I've had uh, the indie fed that I run a- has had at least three different versions. And in, in its initial version, it was honestly a, a mix of some like homemade cards and, and some of the, the early uh, indies cards. And, you know, I, I scrapped that fairly early on. I wasn't really happy with it. And I focused more on my GWF. And then I, I you know, I kind of came up with this idea to do this sort of like, you know, give it a, a little bit of a territorial feel where you'd have a touring champion and each region would have different rosters. But instead of, instead of it being, you know, each territory was like its own promotion. The idea was, is that the promotion was actually kind of like a carnival. So in other words, you know, now we're in the, you know, the South. And so these, this wrestling pool is available to us to put on our card and including our champions and a couple of like, you know, main stars that might go with the carnival, you had to draw from whatever region you were in. And so I, you know, I did that for like one full circuit and I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and there were a lot of tournaments and there were a lot of like, you know, battle Royals, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, enjoy, you know, I enjoyed doing it, but I, I, I felt like I just kind of ran out of steam cause it was so big. So it's that's the lot. reason now yeah. this third iteration, it's, it's much smaller. It's much more compact. It, you know, I've got that relegation feature, which allows me to get, you know, some guys off the card, bring in new talent when I want to, and that sort of stuff. So I, I'm really kind of happy with where my Indies fed is right now. And it's, it, but to be completely honest, it's pretty vanilla right now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very much just, standard singles matches and tag team matches um and and i'm okay with that you know i don't need anything else just yet uh, but i imagine i'll be bringing in you know some stuff uh you know whether it be tournaments or special matches and that sort of stuff uh down the road um for my centra fed it, that is that is 100 storyline based and by the book i i don't uh I, I don't really do much or pay much attention to rankings or anything like that it's you know it's 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 just however i feel based off of what mike has given us in the book uh you know i just kind of run with that and that's not to say again that a guy who's you know not involved in a feud won't get a title shot with you know the champion that that champion's only going to you know face off with his feuding enemy or whatever but it gives me the opportunity to to really focus on those storylines um and in some ways it you know it it, it does de-emphasize the belt a little bit mm. um but but I think I'm okay with that because my other feds, you know, do place more of an emphasis on wins and losses. Um, where, whereas, you know, my central fed doesn't as much. Um, my legends fed is, is, is probably the most real sport based out of all of them. It's very focused on wins and losses. It's very much focused on rankings. Um, you know, wins and losses matter and count. And, um, you know, the thing that I enjoy is just because a guy's on a losing streak doesn't mean he's not going to get opportunities, but he's certainly not going to get a title shot. You know, he might, he might be um, a potential bump in the road for a guy who's on his way to a title shot. Um, You know, there are certain wrestlers that I want to feature. So even if they've got a losing record, I'm still going to put them, you know, in, in interesting matches and interesting, you know, feuds. Bobby Shane is a perfect example of that. Bobby Shane has a losing record in my fed, but I love that card. I love kind of the, the legend of Bobby Shane, if you will. And I love using that card. Um, 
and 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 he's just you know he's such a great heel and in my my junior heavyweight division in particular he's such a great heel so he's got this losing record but he's kind of the gatekeeper in a lot of ways so anytime there's a new baby face talent that comes into the territory you've got to go up against bobby shane and usually i'll set up you know like a three match run and you know and just kind of see what happens and you know oftentimes if shane loses the first match then the next match will be like a tag team match uh or, or something like that just to you know to kind of do that i i and um you know, I, I focus uh, on, on the storylines. I certainly have storylines. There's certainly feuds, but they're usually dictated based off of wins and losses and, and rankings. Um, and that's that's kind of how I do it. I don't really have any tournaments in my legends. I, I you know, I'm not. I love tournaments. I really do, but I'm not a big. You know, I don't have other than my GWF as of right now. I don't necessarily have like any annual tournaments um, that that I run. You know, my tournaments are usually to determine a belt. So obviously, right. when a Fed, you know, at the beginning of a Fed, I have a tournament. If a belt gets held up for whatever reason or something like that, you know, if there's any controversy, maybe I'll I'll, I'll run a tournament. But in general, um, I don't I don't have a, a whole lot now. The, the the carnival kind of iteration of my indie fed did have like i said some tournaments there was a junior heavyweight tournament there was you know a tag team tournament a heavyweight tournament you know the, the whole nine yards uh women's tournament uh, uh you know queen um queen's road is what i called the women's tournament oh nice um and uh yeah you know i loved that it's funny because that was probably the most intricate fed that i've ever run but again it just it, it got a little too big and unwieldy and i wanted to make things smaller and a little easier so uh i I haven't played that one in a long time, but, um, but that's kind of how I do things. I feel like I didn't do a great job of explaining that all, to be honest with you. No, I think, yeah, uh, I think you did. I mean, so how you run things a little differently in all of them is pretty, is pretty unique, you know, having a different flavor to each one. Yeah. So the only other, uh, promotion I run is, you know, is the central one at this point. I, I started a little bit on, on Kronos, but I haven't gotten all the way through, uh, yet, but uh, yeah, I have been playing the central one. I run it, probably similar to how i run the gwf uh, I, i've kind of you know it's very storyline based you know same type of thing i have a big event i have a couple tournaments throughout the year on there um i'll just mention a couple of things i do like a primus carnage thing that's kind of like the hardcore type type one team supreme everything's very team based and centra so that's kind of like that's the elimination team one battle for centra that's that's the singles one and then, um, uh, yeah, then I, I have, uh, the, uh, I call it future shock, uh, is the, the final one here, uh, or something I think I might've called, uh, I think they call my other one final conflict, which is where I give the name, I think to, to, to Mike for that end, end of the year one, but that's a, that's a two night event. That's like the, the one thing I don't do in the GWF is like a two night, um, you know, uh, pay-per-view type style thing, but mm-hmm. I do that in, in the, in the central one, just to kind of, cause there's so many different things going on, like titles and feuds. And I want to represent kind of both of them. So, uh, that, that, and that's, I did that a little bit. It's very much similar, I think to the two night wrestle kingdom, yeah. uh, in that and where like the champion, there's like one championship match each night I did in the last year one. It wasn't necessarily the case the year before. I think there's a top contender, tournament and then the night next night was the title match this year i did two different title matches because it was kind of storylines going on that like there was kind of flipping back and forth in the belt a little bit at the end of the year and that was how it was decided uh general aegis did beat uh chaos supreme in the end uh to, wow. to walk away with the title at the end of the year which was nice this chaos kind of had a stranglehold on it for a while and uh aegis has definitely been the uh thorn in his side he beat him 
Aegis beat Chaos three out of the last four uh, cards. He beat wow. three, three straight times. He beat Chaos, which was I was not expecting to see that at all. <laughs> yeah, man, that's incredible. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think I mentioned this uh, when the last set came out and we were talking, uh, but I've always sort of envisioned um, my Centrifed almost uh, like Memphis. Sure. So it's, you know, it, it is much more uh, about the storylines. It's much more about the personalities. It's much more about, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I, I I kind of, yeah, I, I like what you said that it gives you the opportunity when you do that multi-day thing to focus on a little bit of both. Um, and uh, uh, in my GWF, I should have mentioned my Demos uh, perennial. I can't remember exactly what year I started doing this, but it's actually three days. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh it had to have been sometime, I think, probably in the 2090s, you know, when 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 the GWF got so big. Um, no, maybe it was a little bit later than that. I know for, for, for sure that by 2109, I was doing it because I had um, I had a weird occurrence where uh, basically there were matches on the first day that resulted in Cyan, Nexus and Bloodline having a match on the third day, which kicked off a huge feud between the two of them that lasted like, you know, almost three months. Uh, in wow. game time so um so yeah i i uh but that's the only one that i have that lasts multiple days now i will say that i've done in the past i've done with like my Filsinger cup i've done uh instead of it being featured on like regular cards and then having the climax card that i'll have like a you know like a festival or something like that is what i usually call it where it'll yeah. be more like the crockett cup where it'll be three days in a row you know focused around the tournament or something but i don't I don't count that necessarily the same as I would like the perennial being a three day super card. Right. It's where it's, more it's like, like multiple, like single matches, not like a whole tournament. Like, yeah. Like, like my impossible, the impossible tournaments, like a five day thing, you know, all around one event. But yeah. And I have, I have done a galactic J crown before too, you know, cause there was a while there when we had so many cruiser rate, uh, cruiserweight wrestlers in the GWF. Um, and so I, I did a couple of years. I had a galactic J crown, um, which was a lot of fun. Enigma, uh, I think was uh, usually a favorite to win that. He won. I think he won it twice. I want to say. Oh, nice. um, uh, he was a strong, strong, uh, you know, uh, cruiserweight card. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So I, I used to love that. It's it's kind of a shame that we don't necessarily have that same depth uh, anymore. You know, there was a time there when there was there was a there were enough cruiserweight wrestlers in the GWF to have a really viable cruiserweight division and and yeah. to do things like you know that tournament so i, I think i ran that galactic j crown five times i want to say okay. that sounds right to me i don't i i don't uh, so much of my stuff is not accessible to me right now uh because you know we've, we've put some boxes in storage and stuff like that so i while i have all my cards and my booklets and stuff i don't necessarily have all of my results so i can't just like you know grab a notebook and open it up and have it all in front of me anymore but I still have everything written down in mine. That's uh, <laughs> old school for me. I, I kind of like having something old school with how I do it because I'm on the computer all day for work and stuff like that. Sure. And, you know, I, I like just having the pen and the paper, like how, when I first started out back, you know, uh, 20 years ago. So it's just kind of a nice have that. I do have, you know, it's, it, it, you mentioned that it's funny. I do, uh, of all the notebooks that I still have for some reason, I do still have my CPC notebook. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's, it's in a white binder, and and that binder uh, was in kind of the the box that had you know all of my uh, uh, booklets and 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 uh, you know charts and stuff in it. Um, and so I kept that, and then even when I moved the booklets and charts into uh, another 
you know, a better box, uh, if you will, container. Uh, I had that, I still have that, that binder. Uh, and that was a fun fed to run. My CPC was definitely, uh, again, more storyline based. I focused, you know, on the stories a lot. Um, you know, rankings weren't as important, um, as, you know, as, as the, the feuds and, and the fights. Um, and it's funny because, you know, when talking about rankings, I still always kept rankings. Like I kept, um, you know, a top 10. So I knew kind of where guys were positioned based off of their wins and losses. I just didn't let that drive necessarily who was facing who or, you know, title matches in, in some of my feds. Um, I, I let the storyline kind of dictate that a little bit more often than not, because, you know, let's face it. If, if, if a guy's wrestling in a feud, um, you, you know, and, and has to go through his feuding opponents, you know, seconds or whatever to get to him and loses a couple of matches on the way. In my opinion, that doesn't, that doesn't negate the eventual, you know, shot at this guy's title. Maybe instead, what it does is it just prolongs that feud because now you've got, you know, it's like when swarm was going against tricks and swarm had to beat Oracle or something. And let's say Oracle pulled off the upset against swarm. That didn't mean that swarm, you know, his feud was over with tricks. It right. just meant now the road was going to be a little bit longer and a little bit harder to get there. And eventually, you know, he would. And so I don't want to make it seem like I didn't pay any attention to wins, losses or rankings or anything. It's just that that didn't necessarily always dictate where I was going with, you know, championship matches. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I did. I did run the CPC back in the day, you know, back before we had a such thing as legends and all that other stuff. Going <laughs> on. You know, the, the second fed was CPC and that was where, you know, I did, I you know, did a lot of stuff with the, with the regular things, but that's also where I started to incorporate bootlegs was CPC mm. that mm-hmm. I never did brought the bootlegs into the GWF side. I always wanted to kind of keep that as is, but I did bring bootlegs into the CBC just to kind of fill out that roster. And that was during like the big, bootleg boom at Galacticon and, you know, the early 2000s. And, you know, there's a lot of cool guys that were out there between the, you know, the NGO guys and, you know, Carnage and Slaughterhouse and all these other ones that we've kind of talked about uh, before. Uh, you know, that was kind of like the best home home for them what was CPC for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because I feel like uh, Ace is another great Fed dimension that was, you know, storyline driven for me, that I didn't pay as much attention to rankings, mm-hmm. you know, that it was very much about the fact that these guys are at war with one another, basically. Right. And, you know, and, 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 uh, and kind of looking at it from that, that perspective helped to drive a lot of the, the action. Um yeah, I never, I, that's not true. I did mix a few bootlegs in with my GWF when I was, you know, early on in my playing days. Sure. Um, but I kind of, for lack of a better word, retconned their existence <laughs> from my official GWF. Sure, sure. Uh, when I've used bootlegs, it's almost exclusively been in a bootleg fed, you know, like the fed was only bootlegs. Um, and I, for the longest time, that was all I ran for, from about 1999 until about 2002, I want to say. Yeah. So for about three years, I pretty much only ran a bootleg fed. Now I, that was the prime time for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now I did, I I guess it's not a hundred percent true because I did revisit my GWF every once in a while, you know, I'd roll some cards here or there. Uh, and then I got really heavily, I think it was probably summer 2002 or 2003 
I think it might've been 2003 is when I really started to get, you know, in, into legends and there were a lot of legends bootlegs out there yeah, uh, as well. And so I had a legends fed that was pretty much, you know, a, a decent mix majority at that point, 2003 majority bootlegs. Um, yeah. So many, I mean, there's just so many ways to do it. I'm always fascinated yeah, by the ways and, that, that other people, you know, run their yeah, it's stuff. It's cool, cool seeing on the boards, different, different ways, different ways of playing things that, that people have come up with, you know, where like, yeah, they're maybe not, you know, doing a full season, but having like cool, like highlight shows or, you know, like the, yeah, things right. like that. I, I, I like different formats like that, that people have done. And I think it just people just doing an awesome job with all the different uh, types of promotions out there. And it's cool that we have all those things represented. I think the next one that I'm looking to try out and I'm waiting a little bit just to kind of see if we fill out the roster a little bit more in the future is uh, doing something with FTR. Mm, Yes. The characters from there. I'm I'm trying to try to get something going with that. And, you know, I like the storyline that Rob's done this year. So I'm, I'm hoping to, kick off something with that uh well we better get familiar with it sooner than later i know (laughs) i figured i'm like yeah we're gonna be helping writing this uh, next year i better start playing a little bit there right so uh yeah so i think that'll be probably like the next thing i get into but i'm very interested getting back into the central now that we'll be getting that uh momentarily i'll i'll be running out uh my central super card hopefully uh in the next uh week or so I'm, i'm pretty hopeful Nice. Yeah, I, I need to uh, I need to play some cards. It's been a while. I FIFA 22 came out. No, uh, yeah. So so I've been, you know, kind of knee deep in uh, video game football or soccer. Uh, uh, but uh, I'll uh, I'll definitely be playing some cards very, very soon. I'm looking forward, obviously, to the new cards. And uh, I imagine setting up that deathmatch tournament will help to spark some things as well. I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that deathmatch tournament at the at the upcoming uh, virtual con. Um, what a I perfect think, segue. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just, just a reminder of that, October 17th. Uh, you know, so far the response has been pretty good. You know, people are really interested in it. We've uh, had a lot of people register already. We still got uh, about, uh, you know, three and a half weeks there. I'm going to probably uh, – uh, so I think maybe a week and a half or so before the con, I'm going to send out the information to try to get everybody's preferences on tournaments and probably cut that off a couple of days before the weekend. Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, uh, camping the night before the virtual con uh, and out the whole day. So I want to try to get things finalized by like Thursday if I can. Uh, so when I come back, we'll be ready to run with that. But uh, nice. But yeah, no, we're uh, you know, definitely, uh, I think we'll, you know, we, we're kind of done with teaser season at this point with, uh, you know, the, the fall releases. We're not going to have any teasers for anything for the holidays until that, uh, until that virtual con on the 17th. So we got to get two weeks or so. Uh, we'll be a little bit dark on uh, teasers, although we will have a couple things that we'll mention as part of that. We will mention uh, the guests for the con will be an- announced ahead of time. And then we might have a couple other things here or there, like little announcements about different things, but no specific teasers uh, until that con. Right on. Well, that makes my keyboard a little silent for a while. So that's okay. I think, I think um, you got some, <laughs> some other things you think you're prepping for at this point. I anyway. do. I do indeed. We are about uh, about three and a half, four weeks away from from the due date. So uh, it's um, 
yeah there's there's a lot going on there's always a lot going on um my my wife her her last week it kind of in the office she's only been in the office a few days a week um you know since they went back and uh her last day in the office is actually this friday and then she's going to work from home until the baby is born and then uh, of course you know be on maternity leave for uh like 10 weeks something like that so uh-huh. um which is nice, uh, very, very nice. So uh, we're looking forward to that and, um, uh, you know, just, just happy, healthy baby, all that jazz. So, absolutely. absolutely. Um, well, we'll, hopefully, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how much we have you on the 17th. Hopefully, uh, he'll, he'll wait, you know, a little bit past that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun there. And then we'll, yeah, that'll kind of dictate a little bit of our podcast schedule i think you know through november or stuff we might be a little bit light uh there you know as things you know we all kind of adjust to some different uh thing changes there right um, <laughs> but uh yeah i think we you know, got we got some interesting stuff i think planned for the fall uh i did also talk to the dark uh, well to tom i think tom talked to the dark menace and dark menace will be holding court as part of uh that virtual con during the tournament times, he'll have his own separate room if he dare enter. Uh, so that, that'll be a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to it. I think we'll have some cool announcements, uh, some things to look forward to beyond just the sets um, themselves. I think we'll have some other cool things uh, to announce as, as part of that uh, event as well. And yeah, hopefully everybody will enjoy our guest. Um I think that'll be fun. That's something we've been wanting to incorporate is, you know, more of a, you know, wrestling guests into it. So, uh, yeah, if people really enjoy this, hopefully we'll have uh, some more for some future cons too. Yeah. I think people will be pretty happy. I think think it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So where wouldn't you be? uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a great time. New cards are coming. Con is coming. Holiday releases start to be teased here in, you know, just a few weeks. So uh, uh, it's, it's always an exciting time. It's listening games, as I always say, and and it is up to you promoter on how you decide to use all these great cards that are coming your way. Um, In addition to that, you know, our last episode where we focused on Chikara uh, was just so much fun having Kevin on the show and talking about Chikara, Mm -hmm. learning about Chikara. I learned so much. And, you know, I, 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 afterwards I kind of made a list, you know, of, of shows that I wanted to watch and go back and see and and you know luckily by way of IWTV I've got access to you know to all of them um and uh, uh I'm looking forward to doing that and I appreciate of course everyone that that chimed in on the message board with their response uh Lee Troy uh KB dude we 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 know that that Jack is is in the game we know he has his own card and yes he would have been a perfect guest but we just we didn't we didn't get him for this one but we'll get him next time I promise well, say, the, everything in Chikara's are on trios so you know this was part one right exactly you know? yeah, we'll, exactly we'll, we'll get there I would, don't worry about it at all. Definitely, <laughs> don't, definitely. don't don't fret don't fret our friend uh, and then uh, Derek VB uh, the faction Rob and J Row Seven um, uh, all chiming in and we appreciate your feedback your comments and uh, I, I think it's it's you know it shows that people really really enjoyed uh chikara a great deal and um i think that uh it it got me excited to go back and look at those sets and you know and even you know potentially kind of like run a few cards you know just chikara cards or or incorporate ideas from chikara potentially into you know um 
uh, into other feds, into my indie fed, uh, and do do a trios tournament in particular. I think would be a lot of fun. And uh, there's just so many cards out there now. I, I mean, you look at like the best of Mexico set and the best of the UK set, and incorporating those cards into like a King of Trios or a Chikara fed yeah. would be so cool. So um, that was just a lot of fun, and we look forward again to doing a part two and eventually a part three. And who knows, maybe we're gonna do like a seven part series on Chikara. I, I doubt. <laughs> uh, but one of the cool things is, is I think that this opens the door to potentially down the road you know maybe doing like a czw episode doing a ring of honor episode an evolve episode you know, talking about some of these sets that have been released prior that might not necessarily have current releases out and just looking back and talking a little bit about you know how those sets came about and also how those sets might have influenced the way that things are, are run now because we talked at the top of the show obviously about like the indie sets and the indies cards and the way that you know the thought goes into you know spotlighting those wrestlers and how that might have changed and evolved so no pun intended um so we look forward to bringing you more content like that. Uh, certainly, we look forward to talking a little bit more uh, when I'm not as foggy-brained as I seem to be tonight and 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 maybe, you know, write something down and prepare something so that I can tell you how I run my Fed in, in a little bit more of a lucid manner than maybe I did tonight. Uh, but at least Todd was able to... Uh, to talk about his his feds and his tournaments in a better manner. Um, as usual, though, this is this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Tournament Master, do you have anything else for us before we get out of here? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of, one last thing, give a couple of shout-outs to uh, some new countries that have joined us on uh, this interval up there. Um, yeah, I think that last time I mentioned, you know, we finally got uh, some of that uh, you know, love from Germany uh, in there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we've gotten uh, some listeners. Uh, Australia is definitely picking up. Uh, I think I mentioned you know, maybe that we we we've completed the Nordic block. Uh, Sweden, Nor Norway, um, and uh, Finland as well, uh, which is good. Uh, Brazil, we have some South American representation, uh, as well as uh, some listens in India too. So yeah, we're we're spanning the globe here with Phil Singer. Games. Well, all right, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I'd like to hear. Well, I, you know, I certainly, as always, want to say good evening to my friends in Ireland. And uh, uh, as usual, this has been uh, a ton of fun. Uh, I already said that. Um, and I'm, I'm just tired, tired. I've had like two doctor's appointments, my flu shot, you know, uh, a toddler to run around after. And let me just say that, that, that the thing they never prepare you for is when a three-year-old decides to just look you right in the eye, smile, like she loves you and thinks you're the best thing in the world and then smack you in the face as hard as she can. Because <laughs> that happened to me today. Uh, Woo! Nothing prepares you for that. Nothing prepares you for that. Luckily, all I did was just kind of like, you know, just kind of stare at her and disbelief for a second, you know, took you her know, off my you lap. You sold it? You did, you did, I, I had to, no, yeah, I had to no sell it. <laughs> I, uh, well, it, it, it's funny. We, we've done a little bit of reading because uh, there have been some other issues that, that she's kind of acted out on. And uh, they say the best thing to do is to not react because they want the reaction, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, but, you know, 99% of the time she is the most darling, wonderful intelligent precocious little girl on the face of the planet and then there's that one percent of the time where she just smacks you in the face so uh yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna you do know. uh well so, yeah you know, yeah so i mean you guys are tiredness i'm sure i'll be there in a couple of days you know i'm sorting through all the orders and stuff right now if any other release cycle has been uh is like any other ones I'll, I'll definitely have some late nights uh this week making sure everything we it's might call him the tournament out. master, but he's also the MVP when it comes to getting things in the mail. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we'll we'll get things out. And, you know, I say we're uh, a couple. You know, 
you know, the close to the 30, we said, you know, start mailing the 30th. It, it will start mailing the 30th. I think everything will probably, as long as there's no other hiccups, I think everyone, everything that everyone who pre-ordered probably be in the mail by like the second on the Saturday. I'll probably need a little bit of time just to kind of get through some extra stuff there. But yeah, by the, by the weekend, everything will be in the mail. And I think, yeah, by early next week, we'll start seeing things popping up and online. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll take a, you know, a little bit of a, break get ready for the um the uh, virtual con october 17th get your tickets now uh and then uh, that'll just bridge us right up to our holiday releases and then the big stuff at the end of the year so very much looking forward to it now, todd here's a question that some people oh, sure. want the answer to if if they have not yet ordered their sets which why wouldn't they have but if they have not yet ordered their sets and they get an order in today which is going to be on thursday yeah. uh will their set mail like the first or second along with the other pre-orders. I think if they get in on Thursday, I can make sure it gets in the first one. If it goes into like Friday, probably not. I'll probably kind of hold off on that. That'll probably be in the second batch. So I think if you get in by Thursday, by the 30th, yeah, it'll go out in the, in the first batch. So if you were listening to this episode, and I'm going to drop it, I'm going to drop it early in the a.m. on Thursday, okay? So you're going to have it Thursday morning. And if you get your order in today, if you have not yet ordered, Todd will get your stuff in the mail with that first batch. So you will get your stuff with everyone else. So do yep. not delay. If you've not yet ordered, order today, and you'll be able to get your sets uh, or set or card, whatever you just you know decide to order uh, ASAP. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody says. I'm looking forward to reading that that future shock booklet for sure. Looking forward to seeing those charts as I mentioned at the top of the show, and. Um, Really looking forward, actually, to bringing in Buddy Rose and Doug Summers into my Legends Fed. So, <laughs> and the Grappler as well, and Dutch. Well, Dutch Savage is actually already in my. Uh, oh, okay. I use his oh, black good. and white card because he, it, it, you know, um, in my in my Legends Fed, I have uh, every November I have like a big uh, Thanksgiving card that has a uh, a battle royal on it, and Dutch Savage performed really really well in it, and uh, had some interactions with a couple of people, and I was like, well, I'm just going to bring him into the Fed and have him kind of you know be one of my top guys so he's actually um he's actually been involved in like the spoiler blackjack mulligan feud and stuff which has been really fun but that i have going any on. coal miners glove matches uh in there yet not yet not yet i'm gonna get there though well anyway i could talk about this forever if i don't fall asleep first uh todd it's later for you than it is for me if you look at it from time zone wise so i'm gonna let sure. you get out of here uh listeners we're gonna let you guys get out of here thank you so much for taking the time uh and spending it w- with us um you know your downloads matter they count and we know there's a lot of things that you could be listening to so the fact that you choose to listen to us um means a lot we really appreciate it and we appreciate your continued support of phil singer games so that we can keep bringing you awesome cards and make those signings um and we hope that everyone is doing well take care of yourselves uh take care of one another um if you're not doing well know that we're thinking of you and we hope that uh you're doing better really soon uh if you're listening to this you know who you are uh but in the meantime i think it's time to go home what do you say todd let's bring it home all right take it easy everyone (laughs) 